Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. John chapter 10, verse 11. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, on this Good Shepherd Sunday, gives us the image that we would see it with eyes of faith and with our eyes hear the gospel. What is the image that comes to your mind when Jesus says, I am the Good Shepherd? Is it an image of Jesus, perhaps with a red gown, as you see in the window, cradling a little lamb in his arms? It is for me. That's a very famous picture, very comforting. Perhaps it is Jesus, again with a red gown, I think in the tapestry that's above the book table in the narthex, with the little children gathered around him, the lambs. And we remember how Jesus came to rescue us, to bind up the broken, to heal, to proclaim the gospel, to rescue, to save, and to comfort. Last time I preached on this text, I think I brought a picture that um, is from Europe. And the picture is of the Good Shepherd but in a different setting. The Good Shepherd is on his back and there's a wolf clawing at him and they're in mortal combat. But that is the other side of the text. I am the Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. We don't have many shepherds in that sense you know, watching sheep and guarding them. For them around here, it'd be all kinds of, you know, coyote or whatever would kill them. In social media, I saw a picture recently, and it, the picture was of a bunch of soldiers standing on a ledge of, could have been rock or broken concrete. It looked like what I would expect to see Iraq look like in a very war-damaged area. And underneath the picture, well, the picture also showed these soldiers were armed to the teeth. They had all the most modern weapons. Who knows what other armaments and backpacks and other gear that was attached to them. And it said underneath, it asked a question. You know, it's like they all do ask in surveys. I didn't do it, but still it was interesting. It said, does this picture make you feel safe? I have to tell you more about the picture, though. Pictures are important. Actually, the, the scriptures, they not only have words, but like Jesus today, he gave us a, an image, a picture. Because the rest of this picture was this, that I could clearly tell, even though I have not been in the military, that those were American soldiers. They sure looked like it to me, from the shape of their helmets to the kind of... Um, uniforms that, that they were wearing, to the kind of rifles that they were carrying. They looked like our guys. Not only that, they kind of acted like them. The, the one fellow was standing off the side with his assault rifle kind of off like this. 
guy, if he just would have gone like this, would have looked like a young guy on a football field. The other guys were standing kind of comfortably in front, looking at the camera. And there was another young man, who was kind of just going like this. And, and he reminded me of any of my boys, but he reminded me especially of a, of a farm boy just kind of waiting for the hay wagon to get around so he could go back to work. And what did I see? I saw young men who were willing to sacrifice for the sake of country, family, and yes, for you. Not that they went there to die, but they were ready to go into mortal combat if that's what it took to protect you from the enemies that were bound and determined to destroy you. And that's what made them, on the one hand, a terror to the enemies because they were willing to fight to the death and a comfort to those who they protect. That there is someone who has given us an image, uh, an idea, an example of sacrifice and to accomplish great things requires great sacrifice. No other way. My Jesus! My Jesus! Those are the words that we heard last week when we were in Colorado Springs with our grandchildren. Wow, what was going on? I appreciate that you allowed us to make that visit. It was a wonderful visit. And those words came from the mouth of the youngest child, Juliet. My Jesus, my Jesus, as she chased her sister, who had taken her Jesus book, <laughs> running in the other direction. A Jesus book is actually a Bible story book, but it has Jesus on the cover. And so when she sees that book, she says, that's Jesus. She sees Jesus. We gave that book to Carrie in 1990, and she has passed it down with the girls. And that book has a lot of words in it, way more words than you would expect to be in a children's Bible story book, you know, which usually is very sparse. No, this has a lot of words. But it does have beautiful pictures on every single one. And that tells us something important about the Word of God. Important about how God communicates with each of us. Because sometimes, fellow redeemed, the words fall on deaf ears. Even if our ears work well according to a doctor, an audiologist, they don't work at all sometimes. So God doesn't stop there. He gives us pictures. So that even if we can't hear the words, even if we're like a little child and can't even understand the words, we see the picture. And we hear God's voice. And so, yeah, we sat there and I paged through the book with her and we read the Bible and she listened with her eyes. you listen with your eyes? Well, you do. 
Today, I want you to think about it in that way, though, listening with your eyes. Because sometimes if we think God's not speaking, it's just that he's acting, and we just didn't catch it. Think of when the Israelites were walking across the desert. God was talking to them all the time, but they often had to listen with their eyes. Look at the wondrous deeds that he did to break them out of slavery. See the great trouble and, and separation that was between God and man as they viewed the fire and the smoke on the Mount, uh, Mount Sinai. Recognize in the sacrifices that God had ordained that despite the greatness of the separation, there was hope. Through great sacrifice, great things would happen. And to have everything, you must sacrifice everything. Now, of course, as the second scripture reading said for today, we must always understand ourselves from the perspective of being little children. Because we stand before the holy ones of God, the angels and archangels and all the company of heaven. We're always like babies, in a sense. But God is nurturing us. He's causing us to grow up. And so he continued with the people of Israel, as stubborn and as troubled as they were. And God fulfilled the promise made to, have, made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God fulfilled the promise to Israel. And he brought them to the promised land. He established the temple. And there, time and time again, they saw the picture of hope. They would come burdened with their sins, offer the sacrifice of the lamb or the sacrifice that was prescribed. And then they were told that their sins were forgiven. But of course, all of these things were not an end in themselves because they pointed to Jesus. And when Jesus came into the world and proclaimed, I am the good shepherd, I lay down my life for the sheep, we see how he is the good shepherd in that he healed people of their diseases. He strengthened them. He preached the gospel to them so that they would confess their sins, put their faith in him. Miracles were performed, not the least of which raising the dead and giving sight to the blind and all of those beautiful miracles. But miracles were performed, namely that sinners, even those who had been cast aside and written off as gone for good, tax collectors, sinners, prostitutes, they came to Jesus. And they saw in him the image of the gospel, the good shepherd. And they believed. And it's amazing that some people couldn't see that. They weren't looking for the image of the good shepherd. They were only listening to themselves or thinking of the words as they understood them, and they didn't catch what God was doing. 
They looked down on the sinners that gathered around Jesus. They ridiculed Jesus for being with them or even touching them, even though that is his vocation. They ridiculed him. And we have to admit, are we not tempted to be so blind when we see the workmanship of God that challenges us to know that it is through Jesus and Him alone that salvation has come to the world. This Jesus, whom we see in the red robe holding the Lamb, became this Jesus stripped of clothing, brutally hung on a cross, Himself the Lamb, dying for the sheep. This Jesus, though to humankind looking um, completely weak, unable to threaten anyone, and dying, was to the devil, to our sin and to death, a great horror, a great terror. Indeed, all of evil rallied against Jesus to frighten him from the cross in the garden of Gethsemane. But Jesus, protected in prayer and strong in faith, proceeded to go to the cross, where all sin, all death, and all devil would be destroyed once and for all. Do you feel safer because of this Jesus? And we say, Amen. For this Jesus was willing to offer himself on the cross for the forgiveness of all of our sins. He was willing to offer it all. Think about that. When it comes to creation, to you, God didn't satisfy himself with just a little patch job, a semi-fix-up uh, of creation. No, God is going to put it all back brand new again. Lo, I am making all things new. But to do that requires everything. I lay down my life for the One thing that grandparents do when they visit their grandchildren is buy silly gifts. It's our job. You have to do it. So we bought Juliet an electric guitar. Well, it's not an electric guitar normal. It's, it looks like a hound dog. And it, does, it has strings to strum, but it's electronic. So if she strummed the strings, it plays little songs like Old MacDonald Had a Farm. And it's got a little bone you turn and it makes the dog yelp. It's a great thing. Now, most presents that you get for a child are good for about, I don't know, 15 seconds, and then the box is more interesting. But this one was kind of interesting because we'd be off, and all of a sudden we'd hear that little thing, and we'd look, and there would be Juliet, the strap over her shoulder, the little guitar in front of her, and she was playing and singing. Now, she doesn't know very many words, and she doesn't, it's not a real guitar. But she's a little kid. She's two. And she was playing. 
and she was singing. Do you think that a little kid who at two years old has held that little guitar and played and sang might do that later? Oh yeah. I know how to do that. John says to us, and he addresses us in an important way, not to view ourselves as being people who have got our, our act down and who know how to do everything. He says, little children, don't just do this love thing with words. Do it in deeds, truth, act it out. We may be terrified thinking, well, I don't know how to do it right. Well, of course we don't know how to do it right. But who would go and criticize a two-year-old for not doing it right when she is just involved in the joy of singing and playing something and she's making music? And how might our Heavenly Father look upon his children who are acting it out? Loving others by what they do with what they have. We won't do it perfectly. That's okay. But what people see is that they look at us and they don't really see us. They see the Savior because it's actually His life. And you'll know that you're doing it right when it, there's some, even in the midst of a lot of sacrifice sometimes, there's an element of joy. Because we're not doing it to earn God's favor. We've been given God's favor. We're not earning it to do heaven because we've been given heaven and sealed to us in baptism. We're doing it because that's who we are. And it is a joy that God wants to share in us, with us, for us, and through us to all nations. I am the good shepherd. Jesus said, I lay down my life for the sheep. May this beautiful Savior strengthen and inspire you in your life in Him. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.